and welcome in. We're up to number 17 now for the No Show Sportscast. Trevor Coos uh, alongside my good friend Mark Ling. As this show, I, I know we teased last week was going to be abbreviated. This show will be abbreviated. Super Guaranteed. Act- actually abbreviated. Uh, it is uh, crunch time for classes. So... Mark and I found some time to record here, but really, it's always crunch time for classes. We just sort we of just wait homework. until it's like, oh wait, we really only have like two weeks left and yeah, three papers to now write. Now it's legit crunch time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, in part one today, uh, in honor of Mr. Dallas Braden, Dallas Braden, the nineteenth pitcher in Major League history to throw a perfect game. Uh, it happened the day we recorded last week, so we didn't really have enough time to like prepare anything it did? regarding that. I, yeah. We, oh. we, we mentioned it because it, it happened, but oh. uh, it happened like two hours before we recorded. Right. Um, That's so, not enough time for us to... It is not. We need <laughs> we're, like... We're a slow-moving vessel. Three, four days to do anything. Um, so, part one today... How many years would you say baseball's been... In existence, uh, it was Major League Baseball was established 1871, and on average, uh, this isn't gonna work. What about There's n- uh, nearly four forty thousand games? I think played in that. No. There's four thousand eight hundred played every season. So it's four hundred. Is that true? Yeah, 162. Well, now, yeah. 162 times 30 Since is 4,860. But it, it wasn't 162 originally. So, let's see, 1871, you said? Yeah. So, we'll multiply it by, like, It's on. It's 80. on Baseball Reference that actually has... 400,000. Uh, yeah. Baseball Reference has games. the exact amount of games that have played. 400,000. Yeah. Uh, so, really, Corey nine, Hart is 19? terrible. 19. That's yeah, that's crazy. Yep. And it's really, it's 265... No hitters. So even that number, right? When compared to the amount of games that have pitched, been pitched, is is ridiculous. Anyway, we got a got a little sidetracked. Kind of still on topic, I guess. But today we're going to be talking best pitching performances in history uh-huh. of baseball days. We're not right. So they, does cricket count as pitching? I think they call it something else. Tossing. <laughs> Tossing. I think it's. <laughs> <clears throat> we won't be discussing softball or any of that. Um, no, it's pitching. They just look For like fools when they do it. Yeah, it's like they, Happy Gilmore pitching. They do, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so best pitching performances. Uh, so I mean, obviously, I would imagine our list will be filled mostly with perfect games, but possibly th- there are some other ones out there. Uh, so we'll do a top five here in our abbreviated part one. Let's abbreviate. Uh, I wanted to kick it off with bringing up the oldest man to ever throw a perfect game. Randy Johnson. Yeah. Back in 04 against the Braves. I remember that. Not only that, but he, he racked up 13 strikeouts that game. That's a lot of strikeouts. That, that, that was back in, in the heyday, really. Um of Randy Johnson, it was the I mean the late heyday, obviously, but he was the oldest pitcher. Yes, it was. But he was it was it was back in the, I guess the heyday of the Diamondbacks with Randy Johnson, right? Um, and uh, interestingly enough, that game was caught by Robbie 
Hammock, according to Wikipedia. Interesting. Uh, who was not uh, didn't play very often. So uh, actually, the last three catchers that have caught, or four catchers actually that have caught perfect games were backup catchers. Catchers irrelevant to perfect games. No. Yes. No. You just said that. Well, I mean, they're backup catchers, but they're not irrelevant. Anyway, moving on. So, Randy Johnson dominated that day. Uh, The game only took just a hair over two hours, which is common in perfect games since the one side of the offense doesn't get on base at all. You go one, two, three every inning. Right. Um, So, yeah, that's... that's, I'm going to start that off. I mean... Okay. Very impressive. Old man, lots of strikeouts. Your turn. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this, but I'm not gonna have a single perfect game. You like that? that? that I like that. <laughs> okay. I like that a lot. As okay. you can tell by my woo. <laughs> okay, so the first one I'm gonna start out with is Roger Clemens striking out twenty Seattle Mariners. Uh, okay. That's a good one. That is a good one. He also did it again against the Detroit Tri- Tigers in 1996. Wait, he did it twice? He struck out 20 batters twice. Wow. I, did, I knew he had the once one. Once against the Mariners, once against the Tigers. Wow. Ten years apart. There so you go. So I could have done that as two separate games, but I'm not a pansy. I'll do that as one game. You throw it down for one. Yep. Okay. You're up. Uh, I'm going to actually now venture in to the at least unofficial perfect games. Back in 1917, Mr. Babe Ruth was on the mound for the Red Sox. Uh huh. But he walked the opening batter of the yeah. game, the Washington Senators. Yeah. Uh, got thrown out for uh, arguing balls and strikes. Ernie Shore comes in, not only eliminates the base runner, but does not allow a single batter on base after that. So does, right. it, I think originally was in the scorebook as a perfect game. Right. And then uh, retroactively has been taken out. So it's, it's unofficial, but still... Uh, I mean, it counts as a combined no-hitter because the only batter that reached was walked um, between Ruth and uh-huh. Shore. But uh, really, to come in in relief like that, like one batter into the game and not allow anyone on, Shore was obviously on that day. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... My next one's going to be the greatest <laughs> pitching performance of all time. Mm, you're still in this. I'm, this is going to be on my list, too. <laughs> I want to get it now, so yeah. you, you had to think of a new one, not me. Um, Harvey Haddix. Yes. 12 perfect innings. Ridiculous. He, yeah, he went through 12 perfect innings and ended up, ended up losing the game in the 13th. That's, that's, and, and really, if, if you think about it, he's a pirate, so it makes sense. Yeah. The other guy, there was each pitcher went the distance. The other pitcher scattered like 10 hits or something like that and got like 12 hits. Yeah, and he got a few double plays and didn't allow a run. But this Harvey Haddix fellow threw 12 consecutive perfect innings and then gave up a run in the 13th inning to lose the game. Yeah, that's uh, that's painful. Yep. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, it's it, it wasn't in the era of statistics more recently. So, uh-huh. but still, I think uh, no one on the team was talking to Haddix after that game. Right. No one wants to be like, oh, hey, dude, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, we ruined the <laughs> the best game ever thrown. Um, so anyway, uh, so I'll I'll try to quickly come up with another one, um, and I, I think I'm gonna go David Cohn. Okay. Who uh, threw a perfect game back in the summer of '99. Now it was mm-hmm. against the Expos, but 
Yeah, what are you gonna 99 do? 99 was still kind of like decent Expos years. Uh-huh. Uh, and at the age of 36, so impressive, uh, striking out 10 batters and only taking 88 pitches to get through those nine innings. That's pretty good. So really darn good. Uh, that game, using faithful Wikipedia again, caught by current Yankees manager Joe Girardi. Nice. So... I think I knew that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, watched, I remember watching that game. No, I think it was, like, Joe Girardi ca- caught Mark Pryor's first pitch or something. It was something like that. Makes that makes sense. Girardi yeah. was on the Cubs right around then. Yeah. All right, so the next one I'm going to do is not necessarily one of the greatest pitching performances of all time, but it's definitely one of the most famous. It's Doc Ellis throwing a no-hitter against the Padres while on LSD. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he walked 11 batters. Really? But no one scored. <laughs> and his team won 2-0. to zero. Uh, But he threw a no-hitter. But yeah, that's uh, that's impressive. That's even better than uh, Ubaldo's you, no-hitter. The most, yeah, the most impressive is yeah walking 11 people, allowing none of them to score. Yeah, I mean, that, that's almost more impressive than the LSD. Yeah. There's few things that are more impressive than LSD. And we have the title of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't know about that, but still. Uh, that was my third one. That was your third one. All right, you're up. All right. Let's see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with another kind of, not necessarily, the um, the greatest, but my most memorable pitching performance that I've ever been aware of. Okay. Is Mr. Kenny Rogers for the Rangers? Uh huh. Through a perfect game. Uh huh. And this is the first uh, perfect game that. I was aware of. I was I was old enough to uh, have it register uh, in in my head. It was back in '94. That's not the greatest pitching performance you've ever seen, but I'll let you continue. I didn't say seen. I said aware of. It's not the best one you've, you're aware of. Well, it's one of them. You said the best. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. The best first. The best first. Lawyered. Illogic. I don't know. Move on. Oh, lawyer, you, you just said random words. And that's how it works sometimes. All right. So are you so, done? So so Rogers, uh, back in '94 against the then California Angels. So I'm doing no perfect games. You're doing all perfect games. No, I had Haddocks. Oh no, you stole Haddocks. Yep. Oh no, I had Shore. What was that? That was the no hitter. <laughs> uh, whatever. It doesn't count as a perfect game. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, just Rogers because that's. I was nine years old then. Right. Uh, it was. It was. I remember thinking like, "Oh, wow, that's impressive." The the last uh, the last one before that was actually uh, Dennis Martinez for the Expos back in '91. So I was only six at the time. Right. I have a better pitching performance in 1991. In '91. Yep. Then Dennis Martinez better yep. than a perfect game. Yep. Go. Ten inning shutout in Game Seven of the 1999 World Series. That's impressive. Jack Morris. Jack Morris is the man. He's 40. <laughs> Ooh, for those of you who get that joke, yes. <laughs> anyway. So that's my fourth one. Um, Now, let's see. I'll go fourth, and it's another perfect game. This is your fifth, isn't it? You started it off. Did I? Yeah. With what? I don't know. My memory's terrible. We, both of ours are terrible, <laughs> obviously. Anyway, uh, so my fourth now is going to be the last perfect game on my list. Okay. 
Um, I think. I'm still deciding yeah, between two. I'm going to say no. Uh, um, but Don Larson, back in 1956, it is the only no-hitter or perfect game to ever be thrown in the postseason. And it was thrown in Game 5 of the World Series. Yeah, that's that's on the list I'm looking at right here. Yeah, so that's uh, that's impressive. I mean, having it be the only uh the only one in the postseason i mean come on how could you how could you not be impressed by that the, the, such a clutch situation and just he wasn't even supposed to start that day i believe as the story goes and he comes to the ballpark finds out uh, whoever was scheduled to start is hurt or something and so he goes in and then uh uh there was that ending where that there's that memorable uh, Yogi Berra running out to him uh-huh. and like jumping and having the it's usually the catcher catching the pitcher in joy right but Yogi Berra is such a small man that he jumped into Don Larson's arms right <laughs> that's it's kind of a a, a uh, highlight that is shown pretty often in baseball clips okay so, so now i have the best the actual best per- pitching performance that's happened in your lifetime Oh really? Yeah. Well, I didn't say it was. I, I said it was the. I have anyway. the actual. Okay. Do you know what it is? In my lifetime, I'm gonna say that it happened in either '85 or '86. Then, but no. oh no. I don't know then. Um, it happened in 2004. 2004. Oh. Kurt Schilling, bloody sock. Oh God! I knew you were gonna. Do something crazy. Come there. on, the bloody sock. He had emotionally, yeah. I still, I still maintain that's possible. That was paint. He had the tendon sutured to his ankle, so it wouldn't move. Yeah, that was. I mean, in general, just to have that cap off uh, that whole postseason for the Red Sox. I'll give it to you. Yep. Um, I'll take it. Now, I am gonna go for my last one. Uh, Mr. John Montgomery Ward. Do you know who that is? Pitcher. He's a pitcher. Yep. Back in the 1800s. And uh, he, uh, I believe it was his second full year, or his first full year of pitching, of starting pitching. Uh, And it was the second... No hitter ever thrown, uh, which was five days after the first one. So the first two no hitters are thrown by Lee Richmond on June twelfth, eighteen eighty, uh-huh. and then John Ward comes down on June seventeenth, eighteen eighty, and uh, for the Providence Grays. That was the, one of my uh, favorite teams back in the day. What? Those are my favorite teams back in the day. The, you know, I do have a Providence Gray hat that I, I should wear more often. But, uh, Especially because it, it would be in place of a Giants hat. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, but that along with... Speaking of that, do you want to go to Giants? This Saturday? Yeah. I might have to work. It's a softball game broadcast. Well, get out of it. Okay. Uh, who are they playing? Oakland A's in Oakland. I don't want to go to Oakland. Courtesy Adam Loberstein. For freezies? Okay. <laughs> 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 Do we have to pay for parking? 
Uh, probably. Okay, that's fine then. We'll we'll do we'll do that then. For freezies. For freezies. <laughs> There's the name of the podcast. For freezies. Uh, that's gonna be a tough choice later. Yep. Anyway, so I can't uh, remember the first one. So, for Ward, uh, he was only 20 at the time. Just to cap off the amazing performance. Uh, anyway, so. Any final thoughts? Any any uh, any any last honorable mentions you want to get in before we take a break? Um, Bob Gitson striking out seventeen Detroit Tigers in the nineteen sixty eight World Series. That'll do. Um, we already said Ernie Shore of the Red Sox, who no hits the Washington Senators. Yes. Nope. The rest of the ones I had have been said. Um, what about Kerry Woods' uh, strikeout performance? No. No. Kerry Woods terrible. Well, he is now. Wasn't always. Yeah, no, he was always terrible. That's that's not fair to Kerry. I Wood. always hated Kerry Woods. Kerry Wood even. Kerry Wood and Kerry Woods. All right, that's the end of this part. <laughs> well, so you got nothing else. Nope. Okay. Um, that would be called being prepared. That's not what I do. <laughs> now, uh, real quick, uh, before we go, I just wanted to throw out Pedro Martinez. He uh, pitched at one point nine plus innings of, of perfect uh, baseball to lose in the tenth inning. wasn't quite as good as Harvey Haddock's, but right. I think that should be thrown out there as That's well. Good. I think Pedro Martinez had the best season of all time. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the few things in baseball in general that is universally accepted is that the. For if you just take the peak performance of any pitcher in history, uh-huh. Pedro has the highest peak. Yeah, I don't know if that's unanimously, but it's pretty. It's, pretty, it's, it's fairly it's pretty widespread. Yeah, 213 innings, 313 strikeouts. Yeah. 2.07 ERA, 0.9 WHIP, 37 walks. It's like a 10 to 1 walkout. Yeah. Walk to strikeout ratio. Yeah, it was. Uh, or walkout to strike ratio, as I was gonna say. Walkout to strike. Yeah, that works too. Yep. And that was only 29 games started. Wow. Yeah. So legit. Pedro uh looking for work actually this year. The Mets apparently think they're too good for him at this point. Probably not though. Twenty three wins, four losses. It's pretty good. He lost games that year? Yeah, he was on the Red Sox in nineteen ninety nine. It's not a good year. Not their best years, no. Not a good year to be on the Red Sox. Two thousand four, however, pretty good years. Alright. Well, we are now right near a decent stopping point, I would say. We'll be back after this with a uh, fantasy sports section. as Abbreviated. We'll, abbreviated again, but still still plenty of knowledge and uh, I don't know about knowledge. ridiculous banter. Talking. 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 I'm comfortable saying there will be talking. We can guarantee talking. That's about <laughs> it. Yep. No show sports talking since 2010. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our uh, music is uh, from the Music Alley, as always. Uh, one of the best pod-safe music collections there are out By there. By Mevio. By Mevio. Thank you, excuse me. Don't want to forget Mevio, the mothership of Music Alley. Come on. Yeah, we're done. Here, we'll be back. Help me, cause I'm feeling insecure. And I don't know where my head is But I hear you got the cure And you know I'll get better once again
welcome back. <laughs> All right, this is part two of the No Shows Sportscast, episode 17. Uh, and we're talking fantasy sports, and we'll be focusing heavily on fantasy baseball yet again, as it's not fantasy football season quite yet. And, well, we don't really know that much about basketball, honestly. Who cares about basketball? Uh, they're, they're like LeBron's if... going to Chicago? Because that's Chicago. what ESPN's been saying for like the past two days straight. Yeah, that's ESPN being ESPN. <laughs> no, no, no. He emailed Derrick Rose. Oh, really? He said, I like your game. I'd like to play with you. Oh, no. Did so he really? going to happen. The Cavs are probably going to trade for him. Huh? Did you just kill Gaskis and Shaquille O'Neal for Derrick Rose? No, LeBron's a free agent. He's just going to go sign with Chicago. Nope. Anyway, you know, this the is guy why we don't the, talk about basketball. The guy that broke the story, Scoop Jackson. Dude, he had the scoop. Scoop had the scoop. Exactly. Thank I'm you sure for getting that. Without sure me having first, to print it out. I'm sure that's the first time that joke's ever been made. <laughs> yeah, that's he. It's obviously a nickname, so he brought it on himself. Anyway, uh, well, to start it off, I wanted to bring up a pitcher that uh, has been amazing out there in the NL West. Wade LeBlanc. No, he actually has done very well against the Padres his last two starts. Is it going to be a giant? It is going to be a giant. It's okay, though, because he has two losses in those starts. Okay. John Sanchez? Oh, yeah, of course. You just traded for him. I, I did just trade for him. him. Uh, but a stat that was brought up over his la- after his last start in, in, in uh, San Diego, mm-hmm. his last two starts against the Padres, mm-hmm. 15 innings, 15 strikeouts. That's a strikeout an inning. Two earned runs. That's not. Four hits, four walks, okay. two losses. Yeah. You wow, want the Giants offense has been bad for Sanchez. Or the Padres are just unstoppable. Yeah, running into some buzz saws out there against the Padres. One of the two. Yeah. Uh, Matt Kane though, has been comforting Sanchez because he's been dealing with that for years. Lack of offense. Yep, they're both pretty terrible. <laughs> anyway, uh, would I w- you like to apologize now for choosing Matt Cain as uh, to your pitching staff? I would. Week? No, you just said you would. I would, and no, I was. Gonna, I was going to say no. Thinking back on it, a lot of my picks were pretty awful. Yeah. Had I been a little more logical, I would have uh, moved Braun into the outfield and taken like Prince Fielder from my DH or something instead of yeah. McCutcheon. There was lots of things you could have done. Yeah, it was. Not strong. I didn't prep enough. You should have taken Steven Strasburg over Matt Cain. I should have. Yep. You're yeah. welcome. Whatever. It's not, I mean... Just another example of me owning you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that bit of uh, humble pie... Um, humble pie, you... name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who currently leads the league in home runs? Any of the top six would do. Andre Ethier. Okay, you got one. Do you want me to name all of the top six? A- any other, any others you can name Paul are bonuses Canerco without looking them up. Paul Canerco. Okay, yeah. Leads the league. Andre Ethier would win the Triple Crown right now in the, in the National, National League, league except yes. for I think he's tied for the league league. Andre Ethier with a broken pinky today. Yeah, sucks uh, for people who have him on their team. Yes, and uh, he'll be trying out that pinky and... 
they'll decide by Tuesday if he's going to go on the DL or not. Some people are able to play through that. But then there's players like Coco Crisp, who really hasn't played hardly at all this year for the A's. Covelli. Covelli, with uh, a broken peaky. So what are you going to do? It really it depends. I forgot he was on the A's. Yeah, because he hasn't been playing. Do you know anyone else uh, on the home run list? You got Canerco and Ethier. <coughs> um, There's four others that I, I think you might not be able to name. Andrew Jones? Doesn't he have like He's 10? close. He's close, but no. Um, He's got nine, I think. Well, Ryan Braun? How many does he have? No, he doesn't. I don't know. I'm going to stop guessing. Okay. Ty Wigginton. Okay. Kelly Johnson. Okay. And then two Blue Jays. Okay. Vernon Davis. Or Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis. Look at you. I'm going to think you said Vernon Wells. Yes. And? Any guesses? The other, sh- other Blue Jay with 10 home runs. Scott Rowland on the Blue Jays? No, I think he's on the Reds, though. He's on the Reds? Yeah. Other Blue Jay with 10 home runs. Not Travis Snyder. No. Adam Lind? No. He's actually been Lyle struggling Ove? pretty Not bad. Lyle Overbay. Lyle Overbay's awful. Aaron Hill? No, he's been hurt. I don't know. I'm running out of Blue Jays. Yeah. Alex Gonzalez. That's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shortstop. Didn't he have 10 like three weeks ago, though? He had most of his like within the first couple of weeks of the season. But still, that's the top six right there with uh, number seven actually being a semi-relevant home run hitter, Mark Reynolds. You know what the lesson... Mark Reynolds, juggernaut Mark Reynolds. <laughs> you know what the lesson to be learned here is? Stats like home runs don't matter this early in the season. Precisely. Yeah. That's almost in general. Don't matter the Shirley. I mean, they're still interesting. You can see trends. Yes. If they go along with past uh, performances. Absolutely. Like, it's encouraging that Mark Reynolds has this many home runs because people were doubting his ability to repeat last season. Well, he does have a ton Whereas of anyway. Alex Gonzalez having 10 home runs pretty much means nothing. Yeah, it's, yeah definitely. That's, that's the thing that people uh, often overlook is either people care too much about stats this early on or don't care at all and you really need uh to find uh middle ground there because there are those guys every year that kind of come out of nowhere and and they will continue this all year i mean there's vernon wells i mean we could talk about him for a second yep i don't think there's anyone that would agree or think at least for the Mets, can keep this up throughout the year. Um, no, no, not at this pace. Well, clear, pace clearly, from? clearly, no one is going to keep it up at this You'll pace. You'll hit twenty-five home runs ish, right? Yeah, I mean, but but there's the potential for Wells if he can keep up a pretty good pace. I mean, he it's not completely impossible that he could get like forty home runs. Uh huh. So that that's I mean, there's guys like that. Uh, the Brett Gardners of the world, or the Andrew Joneses, who has a pretty good situation, as you were talking about a second ago uh, in the South Side right now, Shy in Chicago. Sucks. Yep. Um, so there's there's the guys that will fall off. Like I, I think we can all agree, Ty Wigginton and Alex Gonzalez, not going to be among the league leaders in stats at the end of the year. No, certainly not. Um, but but there will be the guys like. Uh, the Vernon Wells is that that th- for those of you that jumped on it early, and I really at this point you're not going to be able to trade for him because you're either going to have to pay for what he's done, or find some owner who 
also really doesn't think he's going to continue and, and get a little bit of a discount, but I imagine everyone who has uh, Vernon Wells at this point will be holding on to him for the duration. Right. Um, so, I mean, and, and it really is a tough decision because there's, there's, like, there's guys like Wells, there's guys like Doug Fister out in Seattle that really no one's going to believe they're hot starts. There's always people that sort of blow up in the beginning of the season and then sort of ride it to the end. I mean, it's impossible to tell which ones are which right now. Like, there's always a Scott Feldman. There's always there's always going to be guys like that. You just got to play the roulette game, and if you win, you're a lucky guy. Right. Or gal. Or gal for the three women that play fantasy baseball. All of them listen to us. <laughs> I bet they do. Hello out there, ladies. Um, did you know... Tyler Clippard is on pace for 33 wins. Did you know that that is the most <laughs> irrelevant stat anyone's ever quoted me ever? It, it's it's got to be close up there, huh? That was like the time Dimitri Young hit three home runs in opening day, and people were projecting him at like 500 home runs. <laughs> that is more relevant than what you just told me. Uh, oh yeah, Chris Shelton did that one year too. Yeah, it was like nine home runs in the month of April, and no, Chris Shelton hit three opening day also. Probably the same year he Probably. hit nine in the month of April. Yes. Uh, now, I wanted to move on to, I think it's something that you won't be opposed to, I hope at least. Oh, good. I wanted to do a prospect watch section. Prospect watch section. For fantasy sports guys that will be potentially coming up and uh, might be available in leagues that, that could uh, either help or uh, hurt you uh, later in the year. Okay. So the first one, the most obvious. You want to just take it because you know who it is. Jason Hayward's already in the big spice. So he must be talking about Steven Strasburg. Yes, the other guy. The, the other one that's that's clearly the other phenom who's going to change gonna the face of baseball in the major leagues this year. Someone said, "Who was it that said he if he entered the? Oh, it was Kurt Schilling." Yeah. Kurt Schilling said that if he, he in if you're in the majors right now, he would be the best pitcher in baseball. Thank you, Mr. Hyperbole, Kurt Schilling. He's never seen anyone this good. Yeah. Kurt Schilling. He knows a thing or two about pitching. You factor in the exaggeration factor, that's still pretty good. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. I mean, even with the hyperbole, it's it's still still very, very good. And uh through twelve innings so far after being called up to triple A, yet to give up a run. Yeah, he's legit. Not, I mean, not even an unearned run. So even, I mean, in Double uh, A, he'd only given up four runs in his short five. Wasn't that all in his last start or something like that? He had one. His last start in Double A was not. Well, he great. gave up four earned runs and nine runs total. So definitely uh, some defensive problems. And really, the craziest thing, on top of all of the other crazy stats with Steven Strasburg, uh-huh. is that. He's right now uh, averaging better than a two to one ground ball to fly ball ratio. Yes, it's actually better than two and a half to one. Yeah, he's good. Um, and if you're in a le- a league that even a redraft league at this point, with uh, June coming closer and closer, Strasburg will be in the majors very, very, very shortly. June something. As, as soon as I believe it's the fifth. That has been thrown around. Right. That if he were to start that day, 
in the majors. He'll be able to make six of his first seven starts in Washington. Uh-huh. It's either the 5th or the 15th. So either way, very, very soon, Strasburg will be in the majors. And according to Kurt Schilling, he'll be winning the Cy Young this year. That's not what he said. <laughs> Don't put words in Kurt Schilling's mouth. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Obviously, Roy Halladay is going to win the National League Cy Young. You want to put that on the board? We already have their stats, but do you want to actually put Linscombe versus Halliday Cy Young? Yeah, Halliday's going to get way more wins than Linscombe. Okay, on the board. Linscombe's three-peating. I'm going out on a limb on that. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. He's won the Cy Young in the last two years. That's exactly. not exactly. That's not doesn't it decrease his chances at all. That proves that he is likely going to win it. <laughs> anyway, um, I just don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> so, well, the next guy I want to talk about was rated really, really high on our prospect list. Has not followed through so far in AAA. He's in Scranton though. So you can't really Jim Halpert. Hello. Oh, no, you can't really blame him though very much. Jim Halpert. As no, he's a twenty-year-old playing in AAA. Jaime Garcia. No. Twenty-year-old playing in AAA. Jaime Garcia is in the majors. The Chapman. Why did you come up with Jaime there? I don't know. You just had to. I mean, really, we do have to reach our whenever Jaime you, Garcia mention quota every every podcast. Whenever you talk about a pitcher, I just assume it's either Tim Lincecum or Jaime Garcia. It's not Garcia. a pitcher. Oh, see, I'm <laughs> not a pitcher. He's in Scranton. He's very high on our list. You don't even know who has the Scranton AAA team? Nope. See, I know this. Well, that's because you have no life. I have a life. You have. I live. You live, but you don't have a life. <laughs> Jesus um, Montero. Yes, he's a baseball player. He's hitting 234 so far through 107 at bats. That's not very good. An amazing 667 OPS. Also not very good. And, uh, I mean, he's only struck struck out 18 times. I mean, it's not... How many walks? Nine. Not very good. Uh, and, and he's still really young, but with uh, Nick Johnson now potentially going on the DL, mm-hmm. I think people thought that by the time Johnson was hurt, uh, Montero would be ready to take his place at the DH. And that's obviously not happening at this point. Well, I think just because he's having bad numbers doesn't mean he's not ready. He could be bored like a genius in high school or something. Be getting bad grades. Why was he awesome throughout the rest of the minors then? He wasn't bored then, but now he's bored. Now he's bored. Yep. So at a lower level, he wasn't bored. Or he had to stop using the roids. That's always a problem with uh, those Yankees. Yep, they're juice-using, pinstripe-wearing... Bobby Cox. And thank you, name of the podcast. <laughs> name of the podcast might be the name of the podcast. Name of the <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, 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 another guy who's not doing great, but better. Also in AAA. Uh, so, also also near the top of our list. Okay. He's uh, Desmond Jennings. What? Desmond Jennings. No, he's next. That's too many. <laughs> he plays for Indianapolis. Colts. Peyton Manning? Triple A, Indianapolis. The Indians. Not the Cleveland Indians. Indianapolis Indians? Yes. Triple A. Barely high on our list. I don't know what that means in your world. On our prospect list that we I know, but what does fairly high mean? I know what our list means. I think he was top five. Top ten, definitely. You think he was top five, top ten? He's right around five or six. Pedro Alvarez. Yes. Yeah. Uh, He's hitting only 263. 
he's, very good. He's got nine home runs. Also not very good. And 100 at-bats? What are you going to do? He's got an 872 OPS. It's not bad. He's striking out way too much, but he's also walking a lot. That's what he was going to do. Exactly. So he and he hasn't hit. You would hope for a little bit better of an average at this point, but and Andy LaRoche has been surprisingly average for the Pirates this year. Uh, so Alvarez not really forcing the situation at this point, but he'll be a, a late season call up and get plenty of playing time. And I think uh, for someone looking for who's short on power, uh-huh. that whenever Alvarez does get called up. I mean, we're talking strictly redraft leagues because we're also talking the Pirates here. Well, yeah. So, uh, but we're so we're talking redraft leagues. All these guys are taken in keeper leagues. If they aren't taken in keeper leagues, you're in a very bad keeper league. Grab these guys, and you're welcome. Yep. But you're uh, welcome, and then grab these guys in that order. Yes. And then after you, you grab these guys, you're welcome uh-huh. again. Same with Carlos Santana. Same thing. Yeah. Justin I mean, looks good. Yeah, Santana. One of the better hitters in the minor leagues so far this year, statistically speaking. Mike Stanton. Oh, gosh. Mike Stanton. Uh, actually, I, I saw something funny on Twitter last night. Ben Badler for uh, Baseball America. Apparently, during one of Mike Stanton's at-bats last night, the lights down the entire third baseline of, of the stadium they uh-huh. all went out. Right, they were and, scared, and it was basically he said that it was the best strategy that any team has come up for to to counter Mike Stanton so far. Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. Yeah, he probably <laughs> um, still hit a home run in a triple. He uh, he's he's crazy. He's and, crazy and in really, AAA. He needs to translate it to the bigs. He, he needs, yeah, he, he's he's show, a level at a time guy. He needs to show MVP caliber numbers like Jason Hayward before he can really be considered a success. Yeah, hitting 331 in double A, 15 strikeouts. You want to guess his OPS? You just let me say that without challenging. Oh, I'm not saying uh, he needs Hayward. Oh, were you serious? <laughs> <laughs> no, but normally. Okay, well, I was. I'm just uh, allowing. I'm. I've pretty much gotten over the fact that you have a ridiculous brand crush on Jason Hayward. Would I complain if Jason Hayward were the MVP? Yes. Would I complain? No. You would think it was wrong. No. Unless he had MVP stats. He will. Okay. He's on pace for 38 home runs, 14 stolen bases. You want to guess Mike Stanton's OPS? 1.403. Oh, dang it. He always got to ruin it by overguessing. <laughs> <laughs> One, oh, two, six, dang it. Two. <laughs> oh, shoot. He's slugging better than Jesus Montero's OPS at 788. <sighs> yeah. And he's still relatively young. He'll be turning 21 in November. So he'll play pretty much Party. all year. Uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, I-, I think another couple of weeks of this, he'll be in AAA. Uh-huh. And given how bad the Marlins have been, especially in the outfield this year, I think they're going to want to call him up. But even if they do, I don't see him as an option in a redraft league Uh it, it, unless it's a very, very, very deep league. Yeah. They're not going to rush him. No, no. And, and given his struggles at double A last year, mm-hmm. I think they realize at this point that he's a guy who needs time to adjust at each level. And, and rushing him uh, will only be a detriment to him in the long run. 
What's our next segment? Uh, we're going to move on now to our in-depth player. In-depth player? Yes. Getting right into it. Right into it. To the end of it, that is. Oh, right. And the only reason I'm bringing this guy up is you mentioned him last week. Okay. And as soon as I found out his nickname, I couldn't help. I couldn't help myself. His nickname? His nickname. According to Wikipedia, I don't know if this is his real nickname. I don't know him okay. personally. But, the pitcher for the Red Sox. Okay. He's very good. There's many of those. No, it narrows it down to one, really. Clay Buckholz? Yes. What's Clay Buckholz's nickname? According to Wikipedia, Clay Buckholz's nickname is Dirty. Dirty? Just Dirty. That's a very anticlimactic nickname, I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty good nickname. It's not that good. He's Dirty. Nasty would have been better. No. Something. We'll come up with a better nickname. Buck Nasty would have been better. Buck Nasty. You're welcome. There you go. You're welcome, Clay. <laughs> you can use that now. Yep. Anyway, uh, he is a 25-year-old pitcher. Mm-hmm. So he's not quite as young as some people might think, given how slow the Red Sox have moved him along. He'll be turning 26 near the end of the year in August. Was Made his debut, actually, all the way back in 07, uh, in, in August of 07. Is that when he threw his no-hitter? That was last year, wasn't it? I don't know. Um, and uh, oh, that was 07. You're welcome. Second major league start. Good yep. job. That's September 1st. How I do's it. Uh, was the first Boston Red Sox rookie to throw a no hitter. I'd like to congratulate you for moving your trash can so I don't kick it over today. Yeah, it's over there now. Yep. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I've learned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> took, what, what podcast is this? 17? This is 17. It took me 16 times. Nice. That's how Actually no, I moved I had it moved last time. You just didn't notice. I, really? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. I thought I kicked it last time. No, it was over it was over here. I'm gonna have to listen to see if I <laughs> <kicked> it. <laughs> anyway. Uh so this is a guy who actually back in high school uh had some personal problems. Buckles, getting back to R and W player. Nederland, Texas. In Nederland, Texas. Uh he and a friend actually stole a bunch of laptops from their high school. Yeah, because if you're a phenom pitching prospect, the one thing you need is some stolen laptops. Exactly, because he wasn't going to make enough money. Right. Uh, he, he, uh, he stole maybe 29 of them, I believe, is what the count was. So How can he hold 29? Uh, maybe that's why he's such a good picture. He has such gigantic arms. He, he is, hold. Shoot, yeah. <laughs> um, so that actually caused him to fall in the draft. Um. So he was, I can't remember actually where he was drafted, but it wasn't uh, where his, um, he spent some time in junior college. Juco? Yeah, he worked himself uh, up a little bit, but uh, eventually was able to bounce back from all of that and, uh, you know, really move forward. He was drafted in the supplemental first round of the 05 draft. Thank you. There you go. Um, and 42nd overall. 42nd overall. And he was a talent that, that deserved to be drafted higher. He didn't he didn't draft quite as far as I thought I remembered. But still, uh, has been amazing thus far this year, at least, for uh, the Red Sox. And, and as we, I was joking about, really, the only good pitcher for the Red Sox? Let's make a trade. <laughs> you always say this at the end of every, every podcast, it seems like. Anyway... He has uh, 
a three four six ERA so far, one five six WHIP, but still, I mean, it's the walks. It's the walks, but he's he has uh, a good amount of strikeouts and four wins. So I mean, he's playing on the Red Sox. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna previously struck out about twice as many batters as he's walked this year. He's walking a little bit more than he normally does. That should come around. Um, and yeah, I like I like me some Buck Nasty. Buck Nasty. Name of the podcast? I don't know. I can't remember the last <laughs> seven. So, yes. um, anyway, uh, so yeah, that's going to be it for the No Show's sportscast. We'll be back next week with number 18, inching our way that much closer to legal drinking do, age. When are we going to do our double double week? During the summer. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Like beginning of August-ish? June, July. Yeah, beginning of August. Okay. That works. Yep. So there you go. You can people. explain later why that matters. Be- because I am taking summer school until the end of July. Uh, so you're not gonna be any fun this summer. I'm always fun. <laughs> Name of the podcast. <laughs> oh, we'll let uh, Music Alley from Evio play us out, and uh, we'll be back next week. As I said, 18. We're legal now. We can vote. You're going to have to download the podcast to know what the actual name of the podcast is. Ooh. There you go. You should make it something completely random that had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> trash cans over there or something lame like that. Kick over my trash can. We'll think about it. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, next week we'll be legal. We'll be voting and uh, buying cigarettes. That's about all you can do at 18, huh? You can go to casinos that don't serve alcohol. Right. We'll you be going go to Indian to, casinos. You can go to strip clubs that don't serve alcohol. There you go. Pretty much anywhere that doesn't serve alcohol. Anywhere adult that doesn't serve alcohol. Anywhere adult that doesn't serve alcohol, which is nowhere adult that's worth going to. Exactly. <laughs> On that lovely alcoholic note, we'll be back next week. <laughs>